This episode contains content that may be sensitive to some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. I'm Carrie. And I'm Chrissy. And And we we are Status Macabre. Recorded live from the Maddie Johnson Podcast Studio at GOT Sound Studio in Columbia, South Carolina. This is Status Macabre. New Orleans, New Orleans, New Orleans. I'm super excited. Are you getting excited? I am very excited. I got chills. I've been thinking about it, and I wanted to reach out to a voodoo person. Have you done that yet? No, because I can't find... They're a all, voodoo person well, in New Orleans? No, 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 no. Bear with me here. They're all cheesy, corny. Oh, And yeah. I don't want to do the... You know, I want it authentic. I want a legit, yeah. And so we may just have to hit up and like... When we get down there, start knocking on doors. And well, and what I'm thinking is, you know, and I've been watching, bear with me here. This is a little bit of a, a tangent. The only murders in the building. Mm-hmm. Have you been watching that? Okay. I love that show. Mm-hmm. But you know, they always have their phone on record. I'm like, God damn. Why haven't we been doing that? When? Not, not that we don't talk. We talk to people, but. Like, oh, you mean like when we go, well. When we go places. Because that's what we Well, because insert. there's probably always people there. And it's not really, you know, we've traveled with my brother or whatever. And so, you know, so. Yeah, let's, I say this, this, yeah, we. We record. We record regardless of who's talking, who's not. We can always cut their asses out. I mean, (laughs) potentially. Like, with just you and I, I'm more comfortable with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, if, you know you know, my brother's there or whatever, and he says something stupid and, and maybe that's it's in the middle fair, of something awesome that's happening. That's a fair statement. So, but yeah, no, I like that idea. Yeah. So we'll record. Yeah. So I'm very excited. I can't wait to put our plane together because I am. Oh, yeah. Which we'll be doing after, <laughs> after this show. So, and we will be going to New Orleans. Um, 28 this week yep. but it won't be until the second episode after the visit right that because, we're gonna, yeah yeah so which will be awesome we'll be able we'll have some time to plan plan before our trip and then plan after our trip yeah and i think there's going to be several episodes that come out of that we've got kind of a list of of different subjects so it it should be a whole a whole thing yeah i'm excited yeah. super excited it's going to be hotter than 40 hells. So Barrett was saying, or Zach or somebody was saying that, you know, you've heard about New Orleans, right? I'm like, yeah, I know it's fucking hot because it's like the toilet bowl of the, the, I think of the whole United States that, well, no, let's don't say that. There's some places in California, (laughs) (laughs) but, but no, he was talking about the smell. And so Ryan said that maybe it was when it was one of us, somebody here. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, well, I heard it was only foul on Bourbon Street. And they're like, no. Yeah. Ryan <laughs> so. said, he goes, I hope you guys are ready to smell piss. And I was like, oh, yay. It's just like a regular Friday night. I was like, that's on Assembly Street downtown. <laughs> right. It's like fucking piss. So, <laughs> so we're excited and we get, we got, it. we get there fucking early on Thursday. So we have all day to, Chill. Get our bearings <laughs> yeah. or get drunk or whatever. Do something. So, all right. Well, I wanted to talk about, unless you have something else. No, but um, I, no, go into it. Yeah. Go for it. I'm going to, let's get Jump right this. in. Yeah, just jump just on jump in. right on in there. Stop doing that. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> I'm such a cunt. <laughs> you, you said it, not me. Oh, okay. So what do you think? This is a legit question for you. Okay. What do you think your last words would be if you were a convicted criminal and you were about to be put to death? Two questions. What would your last meal be? And then what would your last words be? All right. So my last meal. Yeah. Would probably, I'm thinking it's, it'd be some fancy shit, right? (laughs) Like she's like, I want some escargot, no. a lobster tail, a chocolate <laughs> cake, and a steak. No, I want a steak, but I want like you know it Oscar style with the hollandaise oh, yeah. sauce, and then yeah, and then I want like 
some of that skillet corn from uh from uh chops a hall's chop house oh i haven't had their skillet oh, corn i don't think dear god and maybe some brussels sprouts like i want a salad i want a <laughs> she was like i want six course I want meal six courses <laughs> and definitely. tea with my pinky up bitches or champagne that's right i'm gonna <laughs> give me a whole fucking bottle of champagne because i don't understand why we don't give death row people like just one, get them drunk just get them drunk let them be all right <laughs> but um so that they won't care <laughs> thank you that's my last meal. My last words are a couple of things. Yeah. One is, God, I'm sorry if I thought that you weren't real, but please accept <laughs> yeah. all of my sins and, and erase those. And I'm very sorry. I'm a devout believer starting now. Starting right now. Starting right the fuck See now. See you soon. See you soon. Save Love a, you, mean yeah, it. Save a place for me. <laughs> Um, I am very sorry for everything I did. Really, I am. I'm paying for it. I feel like this puts me in a spot of, all right, maybe we'll put you in purgatory for like, I don't know, a month or two. And then, you know, we'll we'll bring you back up. Yeah. But that's, and then mom, dad, I love you. They're probably going to already be dead. Kids. Hopefully. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, fuck. (laughs) They probably disowned me at that point. I'm like, Uh, oh, fucker. She's, she did this. Uh, She's going to have to pay the price. And you know what? I. I don't know what my last, I think it would depend on how horrible my crime was Oh, because yeah. well, you know, if, if I snapped and killed somebody, ooh. you know, but if I planned it, I'd still have that hatred in my heart. I was going to say, first of all, you're kind of a, uh, you don't say I'm sorry a lot. It, that's me. <laughs> yeah, that's, and that's so true. you would have to be very, very sorry. Cause I can totally see you going up there and going, fuck you. You deserved it. <laughs> <laughs> You made me do this. How does it feel now? Yeah, I totally feel like you're either that or you're just not going to say a goddamn word. It would be maybe pride, right? I was going to say you are a very prideful bitch. That's that's fair. But (laughs) I I do like if I really feel not because I feel guilt, but if I feel like, okay, I do apologize if I really feel like I should. But I don't apologize if someone else is like, you really should apologize. I'm like, oh, fuck that. Well, I was going to say that's. To me, that's you, you, fuck you. I'm not. I can see your face now. Fuck that bitch. <laughs> so she shouldn't have cut me off in the parking lot. God damn it. <laughs> so you know, thinking about it and this this episode, right? You know what what do inmates say right before they're put to death? Do they ask for forgiveness? Do they tell the world to kiss their ass? Do they, you know, do they? Tell loved ones goodbye, you know, love you, mom, whatever, love you, kids. It's a combination of things. Some do and mm-hmm. others, well, they're, it's pretty interesting, uh, to be honest with you. And today's podcast is all about the last words of convicted death row inmates. And honestly, most of these guys we've heard about, I find very interesting. I'm sure you do too, some of these, either because I've researched them or <laughs> I want to research them or you have researched them. Um, maybe there'll be a podcast coming on a few of these, uh, but you know, so some of these I found extremely comical and some of them are like, just stupid, <laughs> just so stupid. The first guy we're going to talk about is Jeffrey Dahmer. Oh, I love Jeffrey Dahmer. <laughs> I, I, I know. I don't I know. love, you know I what know. I mean? I don't love him, but I just, I love him. He's like, you know, if I had some trading cards, yeah. he'd be my favorite and I'd put I, him in a little plastic thing. Um, you know what? Uh, we need to trademark that inmate trading cards. <laughs> Don't anyone take that idea. Don't take that idea. Just Google it right now. Okay. So Jeffrey Dahmer, AKA the Milwaukee cannibal. We are old enough to remember him. Um, his crimes included luring young men into his apartment on the pretense of more alcohol, drugs, sex, all of the, all of the all above. Of the above. Um, but he, he's, he was motivated by his own desire to rape and possess them and essentially have you know, control and, and in a living, I don't want to say sex doll, but a comatose yeah, I was gonna say drugged like up sex zombie zombie doll. Yeah. Which one is victim, creepy. It's yeah. He was absolutely <laughs> creepy. Um, one victim was as young as 14 years old. 
And that's so yeah. sad. And I think we all remember that one. He was the one that actually ran and got away. Oh, yeah. Like Connor. Yeah. And then the cops said, oh, this is your dad or whatever. And then gave the kid yeah, back to Yeah, he said it Dahmer. was his, his lover. This is yeah. my lover. We're having a dispute. Yeah. Most of his victims were strangled, um, but not this young man. While he was heavily dosed with alcohol and other drugs, Dahmer drilled a hole in the back of his head and ejected his brain with hydro hydrochloric acid um he performed experiments on all of his victims but his main goal like we said was to have a zombie like sex slave <laughs> ultimately Dom Dahmer dismembered his young victim and stored his body parts in acid um in my opinion he had the most horrifying and creative ways to kill and dispose of victims he crushed bones with sledgehammers he took pictures as he cut uh one individual Jeremiah's body into small pieces. He dissolved more than one victim with acid and he kept Oliver Lacey's heart in the fridge and he kept Ernest Miller's bicep in the freezer. The list goes on and on about all of his terrible and tragic. It takes like the walking dead to a new level. It does. <laughs> yeah. His last, his last words that were documented. I don't care if I live or die, go ahead and kill me. Quote, end quote. And so, of course, we all know that he did not die in the electric chair, but um, while he was incarcerated, uh, while he was incarcerated, he was uh, right before he was murdered. Yeah, yeah, that's what he said to the guy that was attacking him. What, or yeah, going to attack him. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, he kind of deserved what he got. <sighs> I mean, I would love to have kept him alive for notoriety, notori notorious, whatever, notoriety sake, there you whatever, go. <laughs> whatever that N word is. I'm still drinking coffee. Um, <laughs> she's not quite awake. Yeah, no, she's she's in the morning zombie like state. Exactly. I got makeup on, but it was probably done by my kid. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I I I think he got what he deserved but at the same time, I I wish he were still alive so we could write letters and find out, you know. Right. I did what he did. Right. I I think I'm along the same lines as you are there because I think that I really feel that we did clearly everything he did was fucked up and was wrong and I right. you know but I think we did ourselves an injustice by not putting him in a mental institution and trying to understand a little bit more. What was wrong with about, him? Yeah, because right. he's one of the first, uh, I think, serial killers where it was very clear that he didn't grow up in like this horrible yeah. environment. Now, his parents were um, fucked up. I think his mom had a mental disability, like she was uh, depressed or whatever. But but he had a loving childhood. I was going to say he had a loving childhood. And, and I think not, not being able to study mm -hmm. his psyche yeah. is, you know, something that you know, did we weren't able to do. Yeah. Give and us a, a better idea of what's wrong with people. He truly <laughs> was a monster. Like he would still to this day be doing what he did. And if he went to prison and got out of prison, he would have gone back to that. I feel sure. You think? I do. I think he was a model prisoner Him. for the most part. He he was. Yeah. He, I don't he knew that what he did he knew what, that what he did was wrong. He right. knew what he was he just couldn't stop stop himself which i don't know i don't know how that it, it's funny it's like you these serial killers could have been great surgeons i don't know <laughs> when i think about ed kemper right you know and I mean, brilliant yeah super smart why didn't you you know you want to cut people up or go work in the autopsy room yeah just oh whatever anyway I, so the next guy i wanted to talk about is peter Curtin. he is the vampire of dusseldorf dusseldorf Dusseldorf. It sounds like a Harry Potter I know, thing, I doesn't it? <laughs> Peter, Peter raped and killed almost 60 people. He admitted to 68 crimes, including nine murders and 31 attempted murders Damn. and was active for 20 years. And Peter is on my list of killers to document. Everything from his childhood to his death interests me. Um, and I want to know more. So possibly we'll get to that eventually. Uh, but to give you an idea, most of his victims were young females. He would rape them, slash them, drain their blood, and then he'd ejaculate on them. He Ew. said that, you know, like, 
I don't know that I would get in the mood when I, after I, but apparently the sight of blood just excited him to the point where he got an erection. That is extreme. Yeah. So while they were bleeding, not even dead yet, while they were dying, could you imagine being slashed, raped, slashed, and then watching the dude jack, jack off, off over you? <laughs> he also would occasionally drink the blood of his victims. Uh, the last words that were documented for him, quote, tell me after my head, tell me after my head is chopped off, will I still be able to hear, at least for a moment, the sound of my own blood gushing from the stump in my neck? That would be the pleasure to end all pleasures, end quote. Oh, my God. Like, he was turned on by his own death. He supposedly was very calm. Very calm. I, I can tell you right now, I'd be ecstatic. Like, you're... Dr- I'm I'm being drugged to the electric chair or the death chamber oh, or whatever. kicking and screaming kicking the whole screaming. damn way. So he apparently was very calm. After his death, his head was saved. This is interesting, too. His head was saved for forensic analysis and is now in the Ripley's Museum in Wisconsin. Uh, noted. Doctors were sure that something must have been wrong with him for even for him to have been so passive regarding his crimes shockingly the exam revealed nothing abnormal about him it is believed that peter was just a deranged serial killer um who you know was tormented with his own erotic erotic visions of death and he was clearly seeking retribution for shit that happened in his childhood i would love to understand this dude i know doesn't it's it's very so yeah, we'll have to, maybe, maybe we'll do something together on him because he's very interesting. He was ca- very, very calm. Sure. I don't know very calm, very many calm people. Like you definitely aren't one of them. And Shit, no, I'm, I'm a dumpster fire. I'm, I know I'm not one of them. I'd be freaking out. Yeah. The people that I know in my life that are calm are still like a little crazy. I was going to say, I don't know. It Ryan's pretty calm unless like he gets mad. Yeah. And then he might yell for a minute but he's pretty <laughs> calm like he's a pretty calm yeah, dude he, like I, but i can't imagine being drugged to can a you, yeah like him having to go to an electric chair or firing squad and he'd be like all right whatever time to go yeah no. <laughs> time to make the donuts <laughs> time to pick the donuts the next guy we'll remember for sure was timothy timothy mcveigh oh, who he's was a the, piece of shit yeah the oklahoma city bomber he killed 168 oh. people in 1995, we <laughs> will never forget that. I remember nope. watching the rescue workers digging through the rubble. Do you remember the yeah. the small child, child, little girl that she she was? I think dead or dying at that time. It was. I just got chill bumps. It yeah. was. That was a horrible, horrible incident. Absolutely horrific. And and in 1995, they were able to air all, all of, of it. it. And so there's my chill bumps are just getting larger. (laughs) Um, Timothy was convicted on 11 counts of murder conspiracy and using a weapon of mass destruction. So if you remember, he parked a van and it was just loaded with um, a bomb, essentially. I don't know what it chemically, what it was made up uh, of. He was considered an American domestic terrorist terrorist and his accomplice, he and his accomplice were not directly affiliated with any major political group. But they were seeking revenge on the federal government for the uh, Waco incident that happened in 1993. You remember that, right? And that was with, what's his name? What is his name? I can't remember his name now. But he was crazy. And he was like having sex with 12-year-olds because he thought he was the Messiah. Some shit like that. And that ended with 82 people dying. Many were children. He also sought revenge for the Ruby Ridge incident, which um, an American foreign policy. Um, His main goal was to inspire a revolution against the federal government. And he defended the bombing as a tactic against the federal government. Um, It's just it was just sad because he's definitely one of the ones who just went went down when he died, he still felt like what he had done was right. It was right. Yeah. And the, all victims are innocent, but it was just terrible. Right. Well, when it involves children, it's just even worse. Yeah. And, and it, a whole building. And you know what I can't remember about that building is because it was just, you know, it was a big ass building. Did they take, I guess they ended up demolishing it. Right. Yeah. It's, it's been demolished. I mean, it was pretty much demolished when the bomb went off, but oh, yeah, it was gutted, but it, yeah, they tore it down. 
Timothy McVeigh was executed by lethal injection on June the 11th, 2001 in Indiana. His execution was carried out in just six years after his conviction, which is much shorter than most, if not all, that are on death row. He was like the most hated man in America at that point. So the government was like, get this fucker out. <laughs> well, and also, too, it makes me think, you know, as, as I was digging in and trying to, you know, it's hard when you do just these snippets of information not to yeah. put so much in. But it leads me to think that, you know, maybe there's more to this, you know, the Ruby Ridge incident or Waco that... Sure the government is going to share with us what they want us to know, period. I don't care what anybody says. Maybe not. Um, but maybe it'll be worth digging into. His last words, I'm the master of my fate. I am the captain of my soul. Just cryptic. That is, yeah, I was going to say that. And, and it sounds very poetic, but he was a piece of shit. So I don't, I mean, he probably he, spent two weeks trying to come up with that shit. I wonder what, I wonder what he thought. Like, I really would love to know what was going through his mind, where he thought he was going to go after that bomb. Did he think that he wasn't going to get caught? Did he think that, what was he going to, what was his plans? And I don't remember, um, but he he definitely did want to start a revolution. So an American terrorist, which we don't have I was going to say, there's not a lot. I mean, there's some sleeper cells with, you know, people from other countries Right. who believe Christianity and, and whatever are evil. But yeah, your own American soil terrorist is, yeah. is hard to come by. Yeah. So um, somebody, you know, for I haven't talked, he's not somebody that pops up as a serial killer um, because technically he didn't run yeah. around killing people, but he killed 168 people in a matter of seconds. That to me is a... Mass murderer. Yeah, that's mass murder. Yeah. Okay, the next guy, Peter Manuel, a.k.a. the Beast of Birkinshaw. This is Scotland's worst serial killer. Uh Uh-oh. He was convicted of murdering seven people in southern Scotland in the mid to late 50s, so 1950s. That sounds like just a bar fight. (laughs) (laughs) Many people believed Peter murdered up to 15 people, but he was never convicted. Peter was uh, in trouble with the law from a very early age, literally nine, 10 years old. By the time he was 16, he was incarcerated for petty theft and sexual assaults. Damn. You've likely heard of the Smart family in 1958, very early on New Year's Day. Peter broke into the Smart home. He shot the family. The family consisted of Peter and Doris and their 10-year-old son. Um, after the murders, Pete, Peter hung out in the home for a week, eating their food, stealing their cash driving around their car but he never killed the family cat he was feeding the cat he stayed in the home <laughs> like i don't that's not humorous it's not but it's just um he murdered both men and women oftentimes raping the women and making sure to dispose of you know of the bodies where they couldn't be found and he was hung on july 11th 1958 his last words quote turn up the radio and i'll go quietly end quote what the hell does I that even no mean? <laughs> like, Turn up the radio. What's that got to do with it? The price of tea in China. Some of the stuff, some of the stuff <laughs> that these guys say, these people turn up the radio and I'll go quietly. Because otherwise he's going to sing. I mean, if that's the case, maybe he has a good voice. Maybe he won't. Well, hear and it. he I was hung understand. too. So yeah. it's, it's, you know, that's, that's a process. I mean, it's all a process, but it, that just belabors it. Right. Right. I, I would have been like, hold up, hold up. Please tell me what the fuck that means. See, I, that's what I would do. That's what I would do. But, you know, we're not there and we should be. Uh, no doubt. Uh, John W. Rook in Raleigh, North Carolina, 1980. John, this is pretty bad for this poor woman. John spotted Anne-Marie Roach. Uh, who was walking, I believe she was a nurse. She was walking on a public road. Um, he pulled over and he kidnapped her. He literally stopped his car, 1980, in Raleigh, North Carolina. Just pulled up and grabbed her? Yep. Damn. Um, <clears throat> That's pretty ballsy. It was. And he, and he took her several miles away to a remote location. He raped her. He beat her. He assaulted her. 
Um, now he beat the crap out of her already mm-hmm. and violently raped her mm-hmm. and then uh, ran over her oh, with this car. Snap. Yeah. And she was left. She was still alive. She was left. She was bleeding. She was, you know, you can't imagine uh, every bone in her body was probably broken. Her body stayed in that spot until the next day when police found her body. Her body was still warm. And there was evidence that her death was extremely painful. No doubt. So what had happened was um, somebody actually witnessed John putting Anne-Marie into the car and did notify the police, but it took them a long, like a day to track it down, right? And in 1980, these were a little more manual, right? Sure. Um, I Just the amount of pain that she was in would just mind-blowing. Imagine being run over by a damn car. That's just got to hurt. On top of being raped violently, on top of being beaten, and then, you know, raped again, and then... Toss you like a piece of trash and then run over you. The audacity that to me is somebody who should be drawn and quartered. Uh, yeah. Well, it's, it, and it's a random, you have no connection to this person, right? You just have so much anger that you're just going to fuck this person's life up. That's so the, just so crazy. The only motive that I could find yeah. was that, you know, he was on a, he was on a drinking spree. He was just shit faced and he had been drinking for a couple of days. And, um, dude, if I'm drinking for a couple of days, I can't, I don't even know my name. How the uh, fuck do drink. you have the, the well, I mean, like, capacity to non-stop drinking? No, right. I, I got nothing. I would have blacked out. After several appeals, John was executed on, yeah, and he did try to appeal. Dumbass. He was executed in 1986 by lethal injection. So this is another one. That about was pretty six quick. Years, yeah. yeah. Um, his last words, quote, freedom, freedom at last has been a good one. I don't, I don't know how to comment on that. Was he, he didn't storm even in the Capitol at the same time? He didn't like, even what? deserve to have last words as far as I'm concerned. No, this guy just, just pisses me off. Somebody should have raped his ass, hit him with a car, <laughs> just and then just stood over him and asked him if he had any last words at that point. <laughs> right. I'd duct tape his mouth. Right. So he <laughs> couldn't speak. So this next guy, this this supposedly, right? This next guy's last words supposedly inspired the Nike logo, just do it. Now, <laughs> just I'm just putting that in there because I found it everywhere when I was looking, searching I for this. I feel like this is very, yeah, I, I've heard of this before, <laughs> but I like conveniently blocked it. Disregard it, it because, because it's, it's ridiculous. so absurd. Could you imagine Nike going, yeah, you're right, uh, Status Macabre, this is exactly <laughs> we got this from are you fucking kidding me did they put that in the credits like in their notes to gary gilmore yeah thank you gary gilmore for so so you guys take that with a grain of salt but it was everywhere uh gary was convicted of murdering two men um he killed a gas station attendant and a hotel employee on separate days um for no reason yeah both men complied to his demands um you know Shut up, remain quiet, mm-hmm. give me the money, give me whatever. He they did everything. Of course, you're going to, right? Oh shit, yeah. You're whatever they wanted, whatever Gary wanted, he did, but he still shot them. Like, don't do that. Just just shoot him first. I know, right? <laughs> just, don't give me hope. Don't because hope, like hope to me is the strongest four-letter word. Absolutely. I mean, Gary was executed by firing squad in oh, 1977. Wow. His last words, let's do it snap yeah and and nike was born somebody was like god damn i I know what we're gonna use for i got an idea for a tennis shoe and i'm just gonna put a just gonna roll with it yeah a check mark (laughs) because it's is that the bullet flying is that what the the nike symbol is it's like just (laughs) what is it that's good i don't know whoosh yeah uh because it's a swoosh and in 1970 I don't know. Now I don't. I, I don't know. Take I that need, with a grain of salt. I guys. need somebody from Nike to contact me immediately at Nike <laughs> hashtag Nike. Let us know. <laughs> Thomas J. Grasso on December twenty fourth, Christmas Eve for all you people who do not know your your <laughs> holidays. On December twenty fourth, nineteen ninety, in Tulsa, Oklahoma, Thomas strangled eighty seven year old Hilda Johnson. 
using her own Christmas lights from her fucking Christmas tree. And you know what? She probably already put those damn lights on the tree. You know how much of a bitch it is to put lights on a fucking tree? Somebody comes and pulls that off. That would have pissed me off immediately. That's probably why she got got. She got got because she got pissed off. Fucking motherfucker. Put those lights up. (laughs) And then he stole, get this, $8 from her purse. $4 $4 in loose change and her TV that he sold later for $125. So this woman lost her life for $130-ish, right? That's some desperation right there. Six months later, he moved um, to New York with his wife. <gasps> he was murdered? I mean, he was murdered. He was married. married murdered. Same potato, peca- whatever. <laughs> potato, potato. Yeah, he was married. So six months later, and he's free. He's not caught. It's been six months. He moves to New York with his wife. And he murders, when he's up there, 81-year-old Leslie Holtz. He's got a thing for older ladies. Yeah, yeah, he does. He's got some mommy issues for sure. Um, and he kills her on Staten Island, and he steals her Social Security check. All ten dollars of it. Oh God! In nineteen eighty or ninety, yeah. ten bucks. <laughs> yeah, he was convicted, of course. And while he wrote several statements and a poem just before his execution, Ugh. he was executed by lethal injection. By the way, his last words were, "This guy kills me." Quote: "I did not get my spaghettios. I got spaghetti. I wanted the press to know this." End quote. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, Wait a he was—he so, was so pissed that he, that he got spaghetti. And why would you, as your last meal, want yeah. fucking canned spaghettios, tomatoes, and pasta? I don't. I. I, I, it's, I don't even eat. Like I've never. I don't even think that I've ever had spaghettios. You never had them as a kid. I don't like that tomato pasta. Like I don't like. Spaghetti, oh yeah, that's right. So you don't I've like just that. Never. Yeah. Now I, I eat that shit cold out of a can. You do. I, I mean, not currently. But I was going to say, is it that I bad? I was going to say, I feel... You had, like, when you were younger, you did? Yeah, absolutely. Now, my brothers love that shit, but now I... Yeah, we used to have SpaghettiOs. And, so and, do you understand the infatuation a little bit? Shit, no. Okay. If, if somebody's like, here's spaghetti versus SpaghettiOs. I'm going to take the spaghetti. So I don't understand. I mean, to me, that's an upgrade. You're pissed about an upgrade? Apparently. Yeah. Apparently... Um, Thomas Grasso was just a little pissy pants. No shit. Clearly he and, was a little bitch. And the world is a much better place now that he's gone. I agree. Okay. Next guy. We all know who this is. John Wayne Gacy. Oh, John yeah. Wayne. You know, he's the killer clown. Um, he really doesn't need any introduction. He raped and murdered 33 men oh. six years over a six year period. Um, he put him in the basement. It was just it, gruesome. Um, so I'm, I'm really just, he's really just a blip because I liked his final words. Uh, <laughs> executed by lethal injection in 1994. His final words, kiss my ass. Oh. <laughs> he kept that hatred. You do that. You stay toxic, I was gonna say, my man. Like, you just stick by it. Stand <laughs> by it. If you're starting as a dickhead, you want to end as a dickhead, right? That, yeah. I feel like, you know what, he... <laughs> he was like, fuck you. Fuck this and fuck you. Um, Francis Two-Gun Crowley. Francis... <laughs> yeah. What is this, a Western? Oh, yeah. This Now we're getting back into the early 1900s. Oh, okay. So I was so, accurate. Yeah. So he he's really interesting. He was born in 1912 um, to an unwed German mother who gave him up for adoption. So you can imagine the oh, hate yeah. that this poor... Screw that bitch. He had hatred for the for the police, and it did not help matters when the police killed his brother John um, when he was twelve. So they they just really weren't law abiding children. So they were getting in some trouble. And you don't fuck around in the twenties, apparently, because the cops will shoot your ass. Well, I'm curious how he got the name two two gun. John, um, I didn't get into that. Do we know? Oh, okay. Don't maybe he had two guns. Well, I, that's, I mean, <laughs> not very creative, I wasn't going to speculate, but that's my assumption. <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> you know John, Francis, the guy with two guns. <laughs> right. John supposedly, allegedly, was involved in another killing that involved a police officer. Right. Oh, okay. So that was his brother. And then, of course, you know, if you kill a cop, they're just going to come for you. Uh, you're they're going to at you. Right. Um, They're going to at you. Following that, John was also killed while resisting arrest. So Mm. he supposedly killed a cop. 
Then they find him. They go to arrest him. And then my assumption is some cop was like, oh, dude, fuck that. Bam, you're done. <laughs> this guy, you know, they, they had history. Now, they were 12, okay? And at 12, there already is a shit ton of history there. I'm, I, so the, uh, let me just get this straight. These dudes are 12 years old. Well, so, yeah. At the time of his death, he was 12. Yeah. Him and it, I don't know if he was, I think, um, yeah, no, John was 12. So, you know, and, and maybe it's just me, but when you watch Westerns and, and stuff like that, it always seems like they're so grown up at that age back they, then. Well, they had to be because they're up at four o'clock farming yeah. and, you know, and there's so many red flags with this guy. And clearly I charge head first and red flags. Like, I think I'm in love with him. Uh, well, I mean, so. I, I, <laughs> I'm like, oh my God. We need a dating site, red right, flags. Right. <laughs> Find your love on redflag.com. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, no, what I guess I'm saying is that 12 years old, that's the equivalent of like 40 in 1912. Maybe, or, you know, maybe at least late 20s, right? Yeah, two guns, man. He, yeah. He must have been <laughs> Yep. very old. Ultimately, Francis Sold. was convicted of the murder of that police officer, okay. right? Okay. So, and you know what? If one's there, they're all guilty. Sure. Um, and he was sentenced to death by electric chair. His mm. final words. At 12. Well, I don't, um, I don't know what year they uh, actually executed, executed him. him. Yeah. But still, he couldn't have been that much. I would know. imagine by then at that time. Yeah. Uh, his last words. Quote, you sons of bitches, give my mother, give my love to my mother, end quote. Because I ain't going where she is. <laughs> you sons of bitches, give my love to my mother. Can you imagine? Well, I guess she's not dead, so I guess that makes sense. <laughs> he would say that. I, but, yeah, that's, um. So this this guy. He's pretty angry. <laughs> he was angry at everybody. Um, And you know what? Ultimately, I personally think that um, he was angry in the womb yeah it sounds like he came out kind of you know kicking and screaming yeah he was he was 19 when he died oh okay when he was electric well still or, he's still yeah. a kid yeah he's still he's still young so um he was um uh, i don't know if he was younger or older i i think he was probably older than uh his brother so it wasn't very long well and you know his mom's probably like damn i dodged a bullet there right <laughs> Would have really taken some mothering on those two. <laughs> <laughs> the next guy, James Jackson. James murdered his wife and his stepdaughters, stating, quote, I love Sharon, Sonny, Erica. I could not take care of my family. I don't have a job. I gave them back to God. He and they will understand, end quote. They had been choked to death and were found naked from the waist down. Why you got to? Thank you. I mean, why you got to take their clothes off? I mean, it's bad enough that you shot your family because you're dead you and can't get a damn job. Right. But let me just strip them naked. Yeah. For what? Well, okay. So it appears James got very upset when he asked one of his stepdaughters, Erica, how she felt if he and her mother split up. She said, don't care. <laughs> I don't care if you guys stay together or not. I didn't like your ass anyway. At that point, James choked the shit out of her. <laughs> oh my God, this is not it's terrible. Funny. He got pissed off that she said she didn't care if they stayed together. And that just, he snapped. So he kills Erica, he kills Sonny, and he kills Sharon. So who's Sonny? The other daughter. Oh, okay. So it's Erica and Sonny. And he right. was like, well, if you feel that way, Erica, I'm going to choke your sister out too. And you know, we, we know choking someone until they die that, is pro i mean it's what three i mean minutes that's up to five minutes seven minutes something like that my hands don't have enough grip, strength right? right i'd be like, like halfway I'm through so weak by now I'm like, look i'm gonna let go of you because my hands are tired but you hang on i'll be right back you stay right <laughs> there let me run <laughs> oh yeah um oh man what he, a dip yeah he, well you know what and and you know it's you know this is a crime of passion because sure. you're looking at somebody in the fucking face. God, yeah. He was executed by lethal injection in 2007. His last words were, quote, See you all on the other side. Warden, murder me. I'm ready to roll. Time to get this party started. End quote. 
Oh, he's just trying dramatic. to be dramatic. Yeah, I was going to say, not only dramatic, he's trying to be trendy, and it's just stupid. Time to roll. Let's get this party started. Okay. All right, you big loser. You're not the <laughs> damn Rolling Stones. Get out. Just get out. I would have shot him and said, you know what? Yeah, just, just fuck you. Up. Let me get my holster gun. <laughs> uh, next guy, Carlos Granados. On September 13th, 1998, Carlos went to his girlfriend's home. Shortly after arriving... They got into an argument. Uh, Carlos grabbed a long kitchen knife and stabbed his girlfriend. Then he turns his attention to her three-year-old son. Oh, God. And then get this. He kills the kid, but the mother survives. Oh, my God. Just shoot me. Like, if you kill my kid and not me, I'm just, just. And then imagine watching. I You can't. And you can't do anything, right? No. Because physically, you can't do anything. Horrible. That's awful. Uh, 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 and then being, and then on top of that, the torture of being able, or the torture of surviving. Sure, and then guilt. you have to deal with that. Absolutely, oh, yeah. Dude, you, you might as well to... just lock me up right now. Uh, Throw the key away, and then just bring your best best drugs. Agreed. Because so, yeah. It, anyway, it's tragic. For these crimes, he was sentenced to death, executed by lethal injection in January two thousand and seven. His last words, quote. Kathy, you know I never meant to hurt hurt you. I gave you everything. And that's what made me so angry. But I never meant to hurt you. I'm sorry. End quote. But you meant to kill the kid? Oh, God. What the fuck? Oh, Carlos, you're a shithead. Yeah. I'm glad he's dead. Jose Villegas. uh, He was found guilty of triple murder, killing his girlfriend, her three-year-old son, and her mother. Dude, what is with these people? If you're going to kill somebody, just I, kill yourself. Thank you. Don't be killing kids. Yeah. Just don't 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 hurt anybody. Come on. Um their bodies were found by her father. Oh god. When he came home from work and um each had been stabbed over 19 times. Now, this was a little controversial because mm-hmm. his attorneys tried to claim that he was mentally ill but in reality he had a low iq he had an iq of 59 oh he's stupid yeah the (laughs) god the legal system that was chrissy by the way (laughs) am i wrong don't commit carry it's it's factual you got (laughs) an iq of 59 there's some issue there the legal system and many courts have considered anything under 70 mentally impaired and this often will um, they'll take this into consideration when they're passing judgment, right? Mm-hmm. His attorneys did try to have his execution stop, but not all of the justices agreed to give him a stay. He was executed by lethal injection, which he should be. His last words, quote, I would like to remind my children once again, I love them. Everything is okay. I love you all. And I love my children. I am at peace, end quote. See, I mean, that was just a stupid statement. He- just <laughs> as the pentobarbital mm-hmm. started to take effect, Jose said, quote, it does kind of burn. Goodbye, end quote. Well, I mean, he's factual. That shit probably burns the hell out of your arm. Yeah. But, yeah, he's stupid. Definitely. Definitely. Um, Richard Cobb, after spending nearly 10 years on death row, Cobb was finally executed in 2013, found guilty of abducting and subsequently killing a man after robbing a convenience store. He also tried to kill two women um, and then, of course, they reported him to the police. Strapped to an execution bed, Cobb said, quote, life is death, death is life. I hope that someday this absurd absurdity and that humanity has come to no, will come to an end. Sorry for that pause. Let me reread that. Yeah, because it's difficult. <laughs> All right, quote, life is death, death is life. I hope that someday this absurdity that humanity has come to know will come to an end, end quote. Well, that was, it's just too many words. I don't know if there's too many verbs or. It just doesn't. Corona, it doesn't flow good. It it's difficult to even read. And After he, receiving the lethal injection though, like when they put it in his arm, yeah. he turned to the warden and uttered these last words, quote, wow, this is great. That is awesome. Thank you, warden. I mean. Okay, so, so maybe that shit makes their brain. Oh yeah, I think there's some know, kind of like uh, what do you call it? Um, some relax, some happy juice that they yeah. Get. There's some happy juice, so they don't deserve it. Yeah, I'm like, just give them the shit and make them suffer. 
to me, that's the real lesson. Well, then you have then you have all freaking bleeding heart people out there that are like, oh, we they don't deserve to suffer. Nah, fuck off. They do deserve to suffer. <laughs> and that's Carrie's last words. <laughs> fuck off. You deserve that's that shit. <laughs> George Harris. Um, no one in recent Kansas City history had ever made a reputation for being the most prolific robber except for this guy, George Harris. Authorities even called him out as, quote, top of his field, end quote. So he you're had the best of the you're worst. The best robber we know. Yay! <laughs> with, the t- with numerous felony convictions under his belt, um, he was, you know, just like non, he was just a very aggressive at this. Uh, with numerous convictions under his belt, Harris also admitted to killing a former associate during a heated argument. For this, he received a death sentence by lethal injection in 1989. He tried to appeal his case saying it was self-defense, but clearly, you know, his reputation preceded him. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm. No wonder he was pissed. Um, And his last words, quote, somebody needs to kill my trial attorney. Oh, snap. (laughs) Because I guess he didn't get him off. Didn't didn't get, he was pissed off. He carried that torch and hatred for his trial attorney up until he died. Damn, man. That's, I mean, now his, his, so these, I put these on here because their last words were interesting. Yeah. His, and I'm not, minimizing these victims at all but his case was just not very like interesting itself yeah it doesn't sound interesting it sounds like he probably deserved to die but i mean i don't know why he killed his associate so maybe maybe he deserved it i don't i don't I know maybe it. he stole That's... from him i don't i don't know but i don't know why his trial attorney got the finger because he just because he couldn't get him off he couldn't he couldn't get he couldn't get his death sentence re- reversed right Right. James Rogers. In 1960, Utah, execution via firing squad was still a thing. And James Rogers had a rather peculiar request before, before you know, they started firing bullets. He asked the guards for a bulletproof vest. (laughs) Well, I mean, that's a smart fucker. Which, (laughs) which, which of course, you know, never granted. When they, <laughs> so that's what, when they asked him what his last words are, he's like, uh, yeah. Can I have um, a bulletproof Can I have a bulletproof vest? vest? So they said, one more time, do you have any last words? Of course, he insisted on his innocence and his need for a bulletproof vest. He's a smart, now this is a smart yeah, guy. Yeah, <laughs> He was taken to a, um, a clay flat, right? And just an area away from about a mile away from the prison, he's strapped to a wooden chair within a 20 feet canvas um, enclosure, mm-hmm. right? Where basically they, they took him to where they're going to kill him. Well, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> his was the last execution to be conducted before the Supreme Court ordered a stop to capital punishment, citing that it was inhumane. When, again, when he was asked the second time what his last words were, he said, quote, I done told you my last request, a bulletproof vest, end quote. <laughs> Bitches, I already asked. I done told. I done told. I done told you. <laughs> don't ask me again. <laughs> Give me that damn vest. Well, you know, um, firing squad is legal or supposedly legal again here in South Carolina. You know You've what? You've got three options for death. The ele- I think they try to um, reinstate old Sparky. Yeah. And also lethal injection injection as well as firing squad. But I think I read recently that the old Sparky and uh, firing squad went back to the Supreme Court about, and I I could be way off, but because it is inhumane. But I mean, let's think about it. I'm thinking if I'm, if, if I'm dying via firing squad, I mean, it's likely I could one outrun their, those bullets or two. Oh, you're strapped down. Oh, and that's well, maybe they're a bad shot. You're not like and and no. <laughs> so uh, there's I, hope, right? I'm, hope, I'm hope. glad these guys have options. 
It makes them feel like they're in more control. There you go. You know, (laughs) I I am the seeker of my fate. Jimmy Glass. While escaping from a Louisiana jail in 1982, Glass and a fellow inmate killed Newton Brown and his wife, Erlene Brown. Erlene. Both were arrested later. Um, and sentenced to death by the electric chair. Glass attempted to petition his sentence, saying that execution by electrocution is a cruel and unusual punishment. The judges, however, refused uh, to commute his sentence, and you know the execution went on as scheduled. When he uh, when he was asked about his last words, he said, "Quote: I'd rather be fishing." End quote. Well, he'll. <laughs> I'd rather be catching some catfish. I'd rather be noodling. <laughs> noodling. <laughs> Robert, Robert Towery. <laughs> In 1991, Towery was found guilty of strangling Mark Jones to death. After 21 years on death row, he said goodbye to family and friends while, right, while waiting for the injection that, you know, would ultimately kill him. To his nephew, he said in his last words, quote, potato, 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 end quote. <laughs> I'm sorry, wait. Potato, potato. What has a potato got to do with it? So that was for his nephew. It was their secret code for saying that everything is all right. Potato? Like, I, his nephew was really small. Oh, okay. Yeah. And so it was probably only well, word- originally, you know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah, after, yeah. after 21 years on death row, right? Clearly he okay. grew up. But. Yeah, so he he said potato, 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 which was just a secret code that he and his nephew had that... Oh, it's kind of sweet, but at the same time, it's like potato. Like, you couldn't come up with another word. Yeah. Why potato? (laughs) Who knows what what goes through a three-year-old's mind? Potato, potato, potato. Yeah. Ooh, creepy. (laughs) (laughs) Jeffrey David Matthews. He had his execution postponed three times, twice by the governor of Oklahoma to further investigate his claims of innocence and once due due to the controversy surrounding the drugs that they were going to administer to him. There's a lot of people in Oklahoma that just are shit. Yeah. Matthews was indicted for the 1994 murder of his great uncle, Otis Earl Short. That's a name. Yeah. It's a choice. After he and an accomplice robbed his home, Matthews shot short in the back of the head and then slit his wife's throat. But she did survive. Oh, well, that's... His last words, quote, I think that governor's phone is broke. He hadn't called yet, end quote. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Keep telling yourself that. Now, now Barbara Graham is really interesting. And yes, we have a female. Um, after a rough childhood and a string of string of failed marriages, Barbara Graham went into prostitution before being married um, again to a bartender uh, and a drug addict. I'm curious how many times this bitch has been married. She was married uh, several times. She soon left him for a business associate of his, Emmett Perkins, who ran an illegal gambling operation. Uh, The couple, as well as other accomplices, decided to rob a widow who was rumored to have a large stash of cash in her home. Graham tricked her into letting them into the house by asking to use her phone to stop the the elderly lady's screaming, Mm -hmm. crying, shrieks. She just beat her with the gun, um, and that ultimately killed her. The whole crew ended up overlooking the money and the jewelry that they originally broke and got, you know, right. went there for. And they were caught a couple of months later after somebody, somebody squealed, right? Yeah. Somebody, yeah. Yeah. Um, they called her bloody babs. Um, oh, snap. Yeah. And she was sentenced to the gas chamber. Bloody babs. Her last words, quote, good people are always so sure they're right. End quote. Um, I'm trying to think of uh, something to say, but I guess she's saying that wrong people are right. She, (laughs) I I don't know what she was trying, because clearly we can't ask her. So like, what do you mean? But that is kind of like the, the, the hard and fast line in the sand, right? Because some of these you're like, okay, what does that mean? And some of them are like, oh, I get it. Like the bulletproof vest, but you can't go back and say. 
What did that mean? Well, no. And I just, you know, some of these people are so cryptic in what they're saying, which makes it more interesting. And it, it's like, are they really that smart that they've left something out there in the ether that we're all going, what the fuck did they mean? Well, yeah. Uh, or they're just, you know, that annoying. Well, not, yeah, but they're just babbling and they're like, ooh, maybe this will be talked about later. <laughs> George Engel, um, he was a German immigrant who lost faith in the political process and joined the International Working People's Association. In 1886, a big rally full of anarchists and labor activists turned violent when a bomb was thrown at the police, killed seven people. Although nobody knew who threw it, um, uh, and Engel supposedly was at home playing cards, he was convicted for murder and went to the gallows. His last words, quote, Hooray for anarchy. This is the happiest moment of my life, end quote. So in 1886, right, we don't have, we don't have, uh, where, where, what tower did your cell phone pick you up? Right, you know, right, did, did right, off right. Of? So supposedly, that's why I said, you know, supposedly he was at home playing cards, although he was an anarchist and a labor activist. And right, right. Yada, yada, yada. Well, you know, he... Clearly got what he. This is the happiest moment in my life. That's the happiest moment. That's that's what you want to go. That's how you want to go. Yeah, yeah. Do you, boo? (laughs) James French in 1958, he murdered a driver who picked him up from hitchhiking. (laughs) While serving his life sentence, he decided that he didn't want to live anymore, but was too afraid to end his life. Uh, Which fucking coward! What a coward! Yeah. And so he killed his inmate to compel the state to execute him by electric chair. What the hell? So let me kill somebody so they'll kill me. Let me kill someone else. Yeah, that's so stupid. So his last, stupid. <laughs> his last words. Now, I want to say again, his name is James French. Okay? okay. His last words, quote, how about this for a headline for tomorrow's paper? French fries, end quote. <laughs> I got to give it to him. That's pretty good. Now that that's some last words. I could get down with that. I can do like, dude, you that's awesome. You go. That's that's pretty damn awesome. And the way the way now was what eight like I can just see him sitting there. How about this for a headline for tomorrow's paper? Rich fries. And you know what? They probably put that shit in the paper. I should Google that if they did put it in the well, paper. Well, you know, and it makes you wonder, like, do they laugh? Oh, they had to. That is like, that's that not good. funny. That's really good, James. How is that shit not funny? <laughs> Johnny Frank Garrett indicted for the rape and murder of a nun oh. in 1981. His execution was a controversial one due to the fact that he is well. He was also mentally handicapped, and oh. he was only 17 when he was sentenced. I was gonna say he's doubly going to hell. For he that. had he had a horrific childhood, um, and a mental health expert once described him as having quote one of the most violent histories of abuse and neglect he had encountered in 28 years of practice. End oh. quote. Yeah, they killed him. Yeah, there is a lot of speculation. Like, there's just so much to read about this guy. But, you know, I had to kind of reel myself in on some of these. Uh, There's a lot of speculation that he was innocent since the crime was similar to another incident that led back to a detained Cuban refugee. Mm -hmm. His last words, quote, I'd like to thank my family for loving me and taking care of me and the rest of the world can kiss my ass, end quote. Well, he doesn't sound very He was very actually innocent. like a really cute kid too. Really? You know, uh, I think he was like seven. Yeah, 17. Um, so there's there's a lot of, that would be another interesting podcast to dig into. Well, it sounds like something you'd say. Yeah. You yeah. can kiss my fucking ass. Yeah. <laughs> I, I <laughs> apologize for shit. And then our last guy, Robert Alton Harris. In 1978, he and his brother, Daniel went to a fast food restaurant and abducted two teenage boys. They forced the boys to drive them to an isolated area and Robert shot them. The brothers then used the stolen vehicle to rob a bank. They were discovered shortly afterwards in their own home. And Robert was sentenced to the gas chamber while Daniel served six years in prison. That's it. Yeah. His last words, quote, you can be a king or a street sweeper, but everyone dances with the grim reaper End quote. Oh, that just sounds like some kind of, you know, a song like Jim Morrison's going to put together. Yeah. 
That sounds like, yeah, words So of a song for sure. This, yeah, these, oh man, just boys, right? Yeah. Just took them out and killed them and got their car and then goes home, right? So there are a ton of these out there, you guys, um, going through these last words by convicted criminals. We need to write a book and of just last words. And I feel like the best one so far, or the best one out of this, French fries. Oh, God, yeah. Definitely French fries. French fries, right? French fries. I like it. <laughs> he was probably thinking about that for a long time. Oh, you though. had to have been like, he what, was like what are the, what am I going to say? Yeah. I mean, the second you go to death row, that's like got to be the two things you answer. It, what are your last words and what are your last meals? I know. Thank you. I mean, and, and maybe it's just because we're planners, but I'd be <laughs> totally like, all right, as soon as I'm sitting in this cell, I'm writing down my damn last meal. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Let me get y'all the recipe. I'm going to go ahead and share this with everybody. And uh, look that shit up on Pinterest if you can't figure it out. <laughs> but there's a recipe out there for my Oscar-style bacon-wrapped tenderloin. There you go. With some hollandaise sauce. And let me go ahead and write down New my last potatoes. words. <laughs> and potato, 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 potato. You guys, thank you so much. Um, have a good week. Have and a great one. We're going to have a lot. Of, we're going to have a blast in New Orleans. So. Yes. All right. Talk soon. Bye. This episode of Status Macabre is recorded live from the Maddie Johnson Podcast Studio at GOT Sound Studio in Columbia, South Carolina. This episode is produced and engineered by Neek the Geek, owner and operator of GOT Sound Studio. To support the show, please visit statusmacabre.com for links to social media, merchandise, and more. Special thanks to Muff the Producer, Neek the Geek, Barrett Gruber, and you, our listeners. Please subscribe, rate, review, and share. Thank you for listening.